This podcast contains adult chats and sometimes some colourful language. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everybody, welcome to the Generation Why Though podcast, where we ask why we are who we are, why we make our life choices, what's going on in the world, and why aren't we ready for any of it. We are three best friends talking about why Generation Y do what they do. I got there in the end. Hey, there she is. Hey, <laughs> Giving out to John last week about it, and there we go. Just saying. Karma. Karma. So guys, typical questions. How was your week? Hit me, John. Oh, straight into it. Not even a hi, how are you? How's I am not here to mess around. Okay. My week was perfectly fine. Done. Go. Oh my God, this is insane. My week was fine, a bit stressful. I have a few things I want to say about last week's podcast, though. Of course. Um, I swore way too much in last week's podcast, and I got an absolute telling off and given out to from my mother so um this week i'm going to try not swear as much oh that's shit yeah or else mama june is going to absolutely strill me elvis this is a very common dublin slang to strill one elvis would be to pull their hair but of course my mom would never pull my hair so i need to be very careful i feel like i need to take over now and just curse quite a lot so that june can talk to me fine take the heat off me i really don't care that was fucking awful. I'm so sorry for you. Stop. So fucking stressful. You had to go through that shit. Oh my fucking Jesus fucking God. Okay, so we definitely have to put the warning in this week's episode. Yes. Uh, my week, thanks for asking, was really, really good. Um, I ended up going to the panto the other night. Oh yeah. Yeah, I went to the panto. So I went to a big gay-ass pantomime down in Vauxhall at the Above the Stag Theatre, who do great, great work. Uh, shout out to the boys at the Once Upon a Screen podcast, who uh, held a competition, and I won. Yay! Amazing. I'm delighted for you. Absolutely buzzing. It was very, very funny. And filthy. We're all forgetting to disclose we had our Generation Y Dog podcast criminal party last weekend. Oh my god, I wanted to forget it. <laughs> I don't remember it, so does that count? <laughs> That's... The definition of a great Christmas party. To be fair, it is, to be fair. We had a great wee brunch. That little place we found in Hackney was fabulous. Yeah, big up to Vincent and Hackney sponsor us. Thank you, love you, bye. Yeah, we'll give you a wee shout out actually on Instagram. That'd be great because yeah. we'd love to come back. Yeah, it was fab. Free brunch, thank you. Oh, I'm yeah. going back next week. I mean, I'm sorry. But have you ever been to a brunch? I don't think we've heard you mention that before. Now that I've been to <laughs> two of these brunches and we have this unlimited alcohol and you do this thing where you forget everything that happens until uh. the next morning, I fully endorse I actually have something really funny that happened this week. It didn't necessarily happen to me, but it was one of those moments where it's like, oh my God, pinch me, I'm famous. Ah. So somebody came into, what will I call him this week? Oh, me lad. Me lad. No, Bob. Okay, someone came into Bob's workplace and was like, hey, Nob, because they listen to the podcast. Ah. (laughs) I am obsessed with that. And I was like, yo, Bob, how do you feel about it? He's like, ah, it's fine. Like, I could be called worse. But I was just like, wow, we are actually inspiring bitches. Also, real quick, we do have our first ever guest on next week's episode. I know, we're getting real famous and real official, so we have a fourth person because, you know, three people on a microphone isn't really hard to handle already. A fifth, technically, because Silent Partner is still going. He just does, has nothing to, like, verbally contribute. Silent Partner is brilliant because he's silent. I don't have to worry about him when we're editing <laughs> the podcast. The perfect other half. The perfect, perfect partner. <laughs> uh, but yes, we will be having a guest. We're not going to tell you who it is just yet, but we will let you know at the end of this episode. So, haha, now you have to listen to the whole thing. Ah. Oh, wow. And don't drop off with the social shout-outs again. I listen, people. I watch. To be fair, John, you held people in with your Bear in the Big Blue House song last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Listen to the end of last week's episode if you know what we're talking about. Or if you don't know what we're talking about, actually. Well, you should know because it was totally inspired and I genuinely believe I should be a children's entertainer. Especially when talking about sexual education. Amen. Well, you're a teacher, so you basically are a children's entertainer. Yeah, except I'm giving them the knowledge and skills they need to be better people. You can learn a thing or, thing or two about that. And what was that, Ugh, I hate stuttering. Mm. Sass. So let's move on to the topic at hand. As you can tell from the title, we're talking about influencing Mm. so this whole episode is going to be about influencers and that's kind of based off the end of last week's episode i want to say that i'm really proud of us because we kind of spoke a little bit about influencers last week and it's kind of come across we have a bit of a system it's kind of like last week's episode feeds into this week so it doesn't seem so random well jokes on you it's totally fucking random and we're really fucking (laughs) lucky it's actually feeding in it's total luck this is no thoughts going into this at all thank you 
Thank you for ruining the facade. Like, I don't know why you just... (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, we do always say, if you have episode ideas, please let us know, because one of these days we're just going to run out and start talking about absolute shit. We're talking about brown, like our mic. (laughs) So this week we are talking about influencers. It's kind of a buzzword at the minute because people love it people hate it people don't really know what it is Mm. it's a real generational thing and just quickly i'm going to give the actual technical definition of a influencer in this instance we will be speaking about social media influencers i guess more so on today's podcast Mm -hmm. and the power they have over our generation a social media influencer is a social media user who has established credibility in a specific industry A social media influencer has access to a large audience and can persuade others by virtue of their authenticity and reach. You made it. Made it. So basically, if you think about it, someone who is trying to persuade you to live a certain way, buy a certain product, invest in a certain brand, it's a glorified generational salesperson. Yeah, I think that too. The whole the whole point is like influencers in my eyes can be one of two people. They can either be celebrities mm-hmm. or they can be kind of like, you know, these content creators who are like people who are famous for being on Instagram or famous mm-hmm. for being on YouTube or that kind of thing. So I think those kind of people end up becoming these influencers and they do kind of push you down these certain routes because they are basically glorified salespeople. Mm-hmm. And I do think the concept of influencers is probably so far the most relevant thing to Generation Y and onwards. Absolutely. I mean, it has nothing to do with baby boomers. It has nothing to do with Gen X. It is firmly something that we as Generation have created. More probably the tail end of Generation Y going into Generation X. But like, to me, we spoke about careers. We've spoken about rent. We've spoken about, you know, growing up. We've spoken about Halloween. All things previous generations can understands mm-hmm. this to me is the first thing we spoke about in which this is specifically for our generation and the generation after yes yeah, so you're correct 3.2 billion people use social media generation y accounts for 90.4 percent of that market so we're still ahead of generation z z z um and baby boomers baby boomers <laughs> <laughs> baby boomers are last in that so yeah you're correct it, this specifically is a unique situation for millennials with influencers just to give further background on influencers so as connor said you can get celebrities so those who already have a platform who may be famous in hollywood for some reason or they're actors actresses singers reality tv stars which we spoke about last week there's also this other uh, type of influencer who is your normal everyday person who is a content creator as you said so someone who will blog or have vlogs on youtube or an instagram account where they just started off as a normal everyday person like you and i and got a huge following mm-hmm. yes and now we're using so like us on the podcast yeah it's like us are we influencers i like to think so I think after the Nadine Coyle sit, we've definitely got our absolute glow up. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The Insta's blowing up. Go check us out. So yeah, this idea of influencers does seem to be a very Gen Y thing, but the concept behind it of people influencing you to get things has always been around. Like, you know what I mean? As long as there are humans, there are going to be people telling you what to do. And I have a very good example of one of the earliest instances of influencers for companies. Mm. Would you like to know? Yes. Of course. Well, by no surprise, it's Coca-Cola. Okay. So in 1931, Coca-Cola used Santa Claus as their first ever influencer. They got the image of the old kind of fat guy with the white beard and put him on all their bottles for Coca-Cola and used this idea of like, you know, a grandfatherly character to sell it. Did you know that was the first time that instance of Santa Claus ever existed? Coca-Cola created that concept for a marketing campaign. I thought Santa Claus was like an old German, like, sort of traditional... He is, but he doesn't appear in that format. He doesn't come in any of those stories as, like, you know, the old fat guy with the beard. He comes as a guy that had nothing to do with the colour red. That's all Coca-Cola. He was seen as, like, you know, a German elf or, like, you know, all this kind of Krampus stuff. Like, that was the whole concept of Santa, that he was an elf that came and did this. The idea that we have today of this Santa Claus came in 1931 from the Coca-Cola company. My mouth is genuinely opened. I mean, to me, that goes beyond marketing. I mean, that's one of surely the biggest influences on our culture and how we perceive a holiday ever. Yep. That's actually ridiculous to me. That's not marketing. That's not influencing. That's like literally changing how we perceive Christmas completely. But that's what we want in marketing. As a marketing professional myself, may have mentioned that once or twice, that is what you want to do. You want people to think it's always been there but to me that means the very first instance it peaked because nothing is ever ever going to top creating the very image of santa claus that we that we now have today well there you go oh my god 
that's insane like that's so far influenced that they created this whole person and we just believe that that person was always like that yeah like that's mental yeah to be influenced i guess as humans as society as a community we've always been influenced by those who maybe have a more senior role in society or those people that we look up to um, nowadays it's your modern celebrities your social media influencers but as Connor said it's gone back a very long time mm-hmm. so there's a very interesting timeline of influence I'll leave the link online so you guys can check it out and they can date it back right to the 1700s where the regals and the royals were your everyday role models and they had a real influence on how the poor people lived their lives fast forward fashion icons became the big influence how you look what you wore in 1920 Coco Chanel broke I was going to say broke the internet, but it didn't exist then. (laughs) Um, Broke the mold with her little back dress and trouser suits. And it has been credited as being one of the most transformative influences on fashion. Fast forward then to the 80s when we kind of had more of the celebrity input. So you had celebrity endorsements. Michael Mm. Jordan for Nike, for example. The biggest influence of all time, we would say, in the footwear industry and in Nike in general. Then it proceeded then to more celebrities and stars in the screen. So you had Jennifer Aniston, who had the Rachel haircut. Everybody wants to go and get the Rachel haircut. This then resulted in endorsements from L'Oreal, from LV. She did lots of work with different endorsements. So say one thing about that. My mother um, is a hairdresser, and she was obviously had her own hair salon in the early 90s. And she says it herself, she was like, for that year, the Rachel, she said, was just everywhere. Like women coming in with like hair above their ears saying, mm-hmm. I want the Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, she said she'd never seen anything like it at the time or since. Yeah. I mean, talk about actually making a huge impact on culture. Insane. And be influenced. Yeah. It's now changed anyway with social media influencers because the social media influencers have direct access to their consumers and to the market. Yeah. So brands don't take on the celebrities anymore like they used to they take on everyday people who have a blog who have an instagram account who can sell that product direct to the consumer well these are the new celebrities you know yeah. what i mean these people that are huge like i was going to say like we can probably think of a handful of these like really famous influencers off the top of our heads you have jeffree star yeah massive makeup mogul who has like what 16 million subscribers on youtube like that's insane. insane you have people like mrs hinch who's one of my favorite people in the world <laughs> for those of you who don't know mrs hinch is basically a cleaner from essex and she just cleans and she loves cleaning and her family and she has two million followers on insta or mm-hmm. two million followers on instagram and you know what's mad i follow her religiously i love her to bits but she always shouts out companies that do work for her mm-hmm. or people who send her gifts or all that kind of stuff she'll always put them up and shout them out and there was a company who came to her house recently to install like you know one of those ladders that comes down from the attic I have one of those. Yeah, one of those. They came and installed it for her and she gave them a shout out on Instagram. They had 60 followers when they started. Within 24 hours, they had 32,000 Instagram followers. All because of the power of influencers. It's insane. So speaking of, you mentioned a few influencers there. Is there any influencers that we follow on social media that we really genuinely are like, oh my God, I'm dying to see their content. What is the tea? Mrs. Hinch. Every time, (laughs) I'm telling you, every single time I go to Asda or Poundland and I see her face on the cleaning products, I'm like... I need to get this. Like, I will honestly go into Poundland and spend 15 quid on cleaning supplies. Like, it's not even funny. Like, the cabinet... Wow, I know. being hashtag influenced. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll go under the sink. Look under my sink right now. Like, literally, go down to the bottom, look in my sink. I'm actually grand. No, there is so much cleaning things. So I love all those kind of, like, you know, beauty influencers. Tati Westbrook, Jeffree Star, all those people watch their videos. I'm also really into, like, gaming. So I'll watch people who play, like, The Sims 4 and Planet Zoo. It's very interesting to say that because there was a report done by the morning console and it's called the influencer report just get straight to the fucking point point. and apparently men prefer following gaming and sports influencers over anything else 62 percent of men follow gaming influencers well, of course it's kind of that typical yeah stereotypical male stereotypical ish. male thing i'm more of a fitness influencer gal Oh. And it's funny because I would never have bought into like any sort of fitness program or any of that until I was introduced to these normal, I'm using inverted, com- no air quotes, Jesus Christ. You can never get this right. <laughs> I started following this normal um, personal trainer. Her name is Courtney Black. I bought one of her workout guides, something I would never even think to buy and something I would like totally judge other people from buying, but I've bought like two now from like Grace Fit UK. <laughs> yeah, from Grace Fit UK and Courtney Black. I have a bit to say in that maybe on the, like, the downside of being influenced, but like I'll talk about that towards the end. It affects you even when you don't think it affects you. Like I never would have thought I would have ever fallen into that. And yeah. Here's me buying products with one swipe of my finger, one click away on Instagram. I don't have to look into the brand. I should look into the brand. I should look into what they represent, but you trust these people because you're like, oh, she's just like me. And you see their workouts and you see 
everything they do on their feed. So you think, you know, that's live results. This is how it's going to be. I can trust them. But it's like we said, they're glorified sales assistants yeah. and it's advertising. Advertising is going to get you no matter what yeah. happens. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's there. It's always there. So we've discussed influencers really from the point of view of them being employed by brands to sell products. And thankfully we have an expert in his own field. Oh. Mr. Connor McGee. Hello, hello, hello. So you have only mentioned a hundred bleeding times that you work in social media. hundred and one. Thank you very much. Apologies. So what better person to have on the pod today? Thank you for being a guest for John and I. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Influencer marketing is like a huge thing at the minute. It's everywhere. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. There is an aspect of influencer marketing that you can kind of get into. So for example, the company that I work for, we are an agency and all of our kind of clients are in the tech space. And you'd be quite surprised at the amount of influencer marketing that goes on there because everyone presumes it's like makeup and hair and fitness and all that kind of stuff that we've been talking about. But it can literally go anywhere. But in terms of influencer marketing, just to give you an idea of how much money actually goes into it, mm-hmm. according to the recent analytics in this thing that I found over the past few years... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Miss Statsy is like... <laughs> oh, Miss Statsy. So over the past couple of years, $500 million, so roughly about £409 million, was spent in a year by companies on influencer marketing. Like that's how much they spend. And that goes into the products, that goes into the people, that goes into the creation of the videos, the social media paid, all that kind of stuff. What is it that a social media influencer has to do to brand a product or like what's the setup? How does it work? A brand contacts a social media influencer and what happens from there? It's kind of different. It depends, you know what I mean? So you have the likes of these big companies like Nike and Adidas who will reach out to people who already have an established following and say, we have X and Y product, we'd love you to use it. And then they'll sit down and figure out a plan on how to make that look the most natural and not them just being like, hi, I'm a beauty influencer. Maybe you should buy some Nike shoes. Do you know what I mean? They can do that, but that's very obvious. And I don't think people mind, I think as well, it depends on the trustworthiness of the person. Mm -hmm. So for example... If it was a really trustworthy face, like, you know, Mrs. Hinge, for example, who's a lovely woman. If you, She's my <laughs> no, only example. I think she's great. But like, if she was told to do shoes, she'd put up and be like, oh, this is an ad. This is an ad. It's very that. But a lot of the time they try to kind of hide the fact that it's an ad. Or you have people who try and get micro influencers. So people who don't yeah. have as big a following and they're easier to get. You know, they're more attainable in a way. Yeah. I think those are, I wouldn't say sneakier, but I think they don't probably have that blue take on Twitter, that blue take on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like, oh, that's a regular person like me advertising is it's the exact same thing mm-hmm. it's just they think they're being more suave about it if that makes sense you're completely right like i feel it's disingenuous like brands hide behind real people online yeah like for example i'm sitting here now with my curly wet hair because i just did the curly girl method because i've been influenced right <laughs> and i'm watching it and they're all plugging all of these different products and i'm like oh okay you know there's different types of products for different things i truly believe that this girl who has yeah. hair like me uses this in her hair because it works and it's like no at the end of it it yeah. says that all, she was sent all of these for free as a gift and she's been paid to do the video but at the same time a girl's got to eat so she's obviously getting paid to do that so 100%. total respect for that but the thing is there's the difference between being a person who's being paid by a brand or somebody who wants to do it off their own back so for example a lot of these youtubers who do reviews and stuff some of them will be paid to do reviews which they will have to disclose or some of them just quite like the product and that's what they do they review things so they'll do it off their own back uh, so question, when they have to disclose that they're doing it, is that when they do like hashtag ad? Yes. So that's when you'll see it. You'll probably see like all these, like, you know, if you're on Facebook, you'll see sponsored by whoever on Instagram, sponsored by whoever. Or yeah. if they have a story, you'll see hashtag ad or this, that and the other. They have to do that now because there was a time when celebrities didn't have to do that. So for example, Rita Ora, um, Zoella, who's a famous YouTuber yeah. um, from the UK, they were doing all these campaigns and all this stuff where they were like, buy this. This is great. I use this. It's fantastic. They were being paid to do that and they weren't disclosing that, which the um what's it called the advertising um, standards authority they were like you can't do that it's wrong Mm -hmm. so there's now regulations in place where you do have to put in ad or have to put in sponsored when you're doing these things to make it real i think we've now gone the opposite way to that where instead of hiding it it's now one of those like look this is an ad i'm not gonna lie to you that it's an ad but you know i'm your friend i would not advertise this unless i knew it worked absolutely they're trying to be you know again trying to create a relationship they're not trying to be sneaky about it i wouldn't do this unless i totally believed in it 
You're absolutely right. And that goes back to the survey by the Morning Consult where they said the number one thing that millennials in particular look for in an influencer is authenticity. Yeah. It's such a fucking difficult word to say. I'm sorry, June. It's such a hard word to say. It's not authentic. It's not. At the end of the day, they're being paid to do this. It's just a new marketing ploy. A very sneaky one, I think. It's very manipulative. Mm -hmm. Mm. But this is the way advertising has always been. But I've seen another statistic when I did my little research that millennials, so like 18 to 34 year olds, do like you said believe in these kind of you know digital creators more than your traditional celebrity um, so over 44 percent of people in this survey that they tried a recommendation from a digital creator compared to 36 percent when trying out a celebrity while over 30 percent actually bought a product recommended by a digital creator only 20 percent purchased something from a traditional celebrity star and it also goes to show that just because these celebrities technically have more followers it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the ones that people are following so in a way followers aren't always everything I think it depends on the field that celebrity is in as well. So, for example, if Kylie Jenner is plugging makeup, you can kind of trust her because, like, that's her gig. Like, she's been doing yeah. that for a long time. She owns a company. Exactly. But if, say, for example, I don't know, one of the girls from Love Island, yeah, starts plugging Tommy T. That yeah, exactly. Oof. That she, which firstly is completely fucking unethical. We'll go that in a minute. It's not authentic. And this is why people don't buy from celebrities because celebrities usually have a trade already. So if they start selling something that isn't necessarily related to their trade, it's like, hmm, how can I trust you? I completely agree, which is why you see people who are like beauty influencers selling makeup or selling brushes and things like that. It seems more realistic. Mm -hmm. Is it because we're like more used to the concept of a celebrity and we're kind of questioning it more and we're a bit more vicious of them because, like I said before, I've been around for a long time where the concept of an influencer is still new. Do we still, as a culture, as a generation, do we still need to kind of become a bit more suspicious of them as time grows? I think we do now, and you're right. I think we trust them more because they're usually normal people. They start off as a normal person who have yeah. just been blogging their walk to work or whatever, yeah. who just came across this product that they think is great and they wanted to sell you. But so, in 10 years' time, absolutely, could we turn around and be all like, you know what, like, I'm so sick of these influencers trying to convince you to buy things. Because I know like, when I see a celebrity on the TV, I'm like, girl, I know you got paid 20 million. I know you don't use it. Mm-hmm. I'm so over you, Jennifer Addison, trying to sell me something. <laughs> I hope in 10, I like to think in 10 years time, we'll say the same, like, okay, so uh, girl, we get it. I, clearly, I know you clearly don't use that. You're right. If you see an ad for Rimmel and Kate Moss is on it, you're like, Kate Moss, you don't fucking use Rimmel. Come on, <laughs> who are you trying to fool? We don't trust you. Now it is becoming less trustworthy in influencers you're right because it's becoming more transparent we know more about it now exactly so we now know that they get paid up to 10 grand per post exactly it's becoming more of a discussion that brands are going to have openly also because it's a very lucrative business and most brands are going to go through social marketing and influencers are becoming a little bit more honest about it too but is it to their detriment I don't Mm. know I think the biggest thing I saw was like the, the PewDiePie guy who's Ugh. on YouTube, like the most followers on YouTube. I don't really know a lot about Me him. Me neither. But I remember just seeing it on like front page news, um, four million pounds in the like, 2018 or something stupid like that. Like again, he kind of portrays as I'm just some regular guy playing mm. games like you do. Again, like I'm your friend with you. Then you start seeing though that money figures and instantly my brain's going like, right now I'm suspicious. Absolutely. There is no way this is a hobby. You are a multi-millionaire because of this. So I think like any kind of concept that grows and grows and grows into a multi-billion dollar market, influencers have had their fair share of controversies. Oh, hell yes. Yes, 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 yes. So I think we're going to discuss one that we kind of researched. I'm going to go for one that is probably like one of the most basic ones, most obvious ones, but it kind of sticks out to me because I didn't even know what an influencer was back in 2017. I only kind of briefly heard the word. I never heard of this man called Logan Paul. But it was all over my Facebook. It was all over like the Google front page. It was all in the newspapers. This man I'd never heard of had done something really bad. And it was blown up all over word. I saw it on BBC News. I saw it on you know, ITV News. All over. So obviously it was when Logan Paul went into the suicide forest. Oh, in Japan. In Japan. And then he showed a dead body in the forest up on his video. Oh. And then in the same video, he wore like traditional Japanese clothing and walked around. And, you know, kind of mimicking the way they walk and, and actions that Japanese people do. Saying that it was satire but it was obviously clearly very very racist he was asked to take the video down and he refused initially I suppose we're going to bring up the concept of stands so a lot of people are saying oh, that's disgusting that's disgusting but then you have people who are like you know rapid fans of his 
stands, as we like to call him now, defending his actions. 12-year-old girl saying, no, this is totally okay. These people really do have an influence. Mm-hmm. Like, those 12-year-old girls defending his actions and defended his words when he also defended himself. So to me, that's one of the first big scandals and it stood out to me because I had no idea who he was, but I knew all about it within a day. It shows, firstly, how someone with a platform as big as he has can be so ignorant. Ignorant. So my one obviously comes as no surprise. It's about the beauty industry. So mine is about Tati Westbrook and James Charles. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I yes. sipped on this motherfucking tea for a long time. Because if you don't know, you are missing out. So Tati Westbrook is one of the original beauty influencers on YouTube and Instagram. She's been around for a very, very long time. Very well respected in the community. Then you have James Charles, who's this tiny little, what was he, 19, 20 now, little gay boy who loves makeup. As you can tell, I'm not his biggest fan for many, many reasons, but he is very, very popular. He's like on par with Jeffree Star. He's like 15, 16 million followers. He's like super, like people are obsessed with him. I just really don't like his voice. He has like a soft L. Have you ever heard Americans have like a really soft L? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know his accent, so I'm kind of piecing it together. So they're like, I'm trying to think of something that has an L in it. Syllable? Yeah, like syllable. Like it's like a soft, like I'm like James Charles. Like I can't describe it. It's like a, sh- oh, a soft I, L. I totally know what you're and, talking about. Um, Ira Glass has one as well on uh, NPR. It's really weird. It really annoys me. Sorry, go on. <laughs> That's fine. So this one is just all kinds of drama. So um, if you could literally spend forever going through this. Mm. You know what I mean? But I want to give a quick Cliff Notes version of it. So they're both beauty influencers. Um, he ended up, James Charles ended up doing a uh, kind of shout out for this brand. It's a supplement brand called Sugar Bear and mm-hmm. they were also one of Tati's who's supposed to be his best friend's biggest competitors mm. so she took major offence to this and was like the fuck and then all this kind of stuff that apparently had been building up in her mind about him she released a 43 minute video kind of going over all of her grievances with him about the whole Sugar Bear controversy Lies. and all these other stories that she had been feeling about him to give you the kind of Cliff Notes version of it, she said that he was very um, untrustworthy, used his celebrity to intimidate people and to oh aggressively pursue men as well. And this is why I don't like him because he's a young gay boy and uh, as an older gay man, I talk about older gay man, you'd swear I was 50, I'm literally like 28, 27. You look 50 though. Thanks babes. <laughs> but as, a, as an older gay man looking at a younger gay man, he's one of these uh, gay guys who's just like, I can turn any straight guy gay or I can get any guy I want. And that's such a horrible thing because I'm like, as a gay man, why would you want a straight man? They don't want you. Like, what is what is beneficial about that? I'm going to call you the fuck out. Why? You don't know him. Yeah, I don't like this. Okay. You don't know him at all. How can you make this observation? You're taking what you've been influenced over by Tati because she's older and she's more respectable on the front of things. And you think, do you know what? I trust Tati over this gay kid when actually I think he was fucking bullied. Do you think he was bullied? 1,000%. I've heard not just hers, like lots of other influencers coming out and talking about things that he was doing and guys who would come out and said that they didn't feel comfortable around him. Well, it came out that Zara Larson said like, lol, this is so true. Yes. She sent, he sent a message to my boyfriend. And then James Charles was like, no, I just said you look really well. Like I wasn't trying to hit mm. on him. I was just sending a compliment. It's actually quite homophobic that you instantly think like, oh, this gay man mm-hmm. is a predator because he's saying nice things to my boyfriend mm-hmm. and she came out afterwards and said yeah you're right actually I do apologise mm, fair point so I do think you need to slightly check yourself I do think you could be slightly <laughs> influenced by what you're hearing I agree I need to you, you're right check yourself before you wreck yourself on. yeah girl oh. But the reason I brought this one up in the first place is because of how these things can influence people like myself mm. so James Charles lost what three million subscribers in Holy the space shit. of a day because of this. And that might that, that sounds like a lot, but to be fair, he had like, what, 15? But he lost three. Tati gained four. And it was all crazy at the time. But like you said, as time has moved on, mm-hmm. it's all gone back to normal now. Yeah. Like, people have just got over it and moved on. But the thing is, this has nothing to do with their brand. This yep. has nothing to do with makeup. This is a fight between them and it blew up. I remember, again, this being all over BBC News and all over my Twitter and all over my Instagram. Nothing to do with their makeup. That just goes to show you the influence that they are having on us, not just as brands, but as people. Mm -hmm. But this is what you touched on last week. Is this the new reality TV? Is this the new celebrity? Do you know what I mean? Especially with this call-out culture, this cancel culture. Like, they can't have a conversation over the phone and she can't be like, listen, you fucking idiot. Like, you said to me that you were going to represent my vitamins and now you represent sugar bear hair, which, by the way, the Kardashians represents. They obviously pay bank, yeah? Like, I don't (laughs) think. But... She has to upload a YouTube video and call him out. 
and then they communicate to each other by making retaliation videos. It makes me wonder, because they do it over these videos, is some of it scripted? I think it is. Is it all made up just for the drama? I mean, again, it was on bbc.co.uk forward slash news. <laughs> what the, like, how did that fight go on to like, the BBC over here in the UK? How much money, how much bank did they make from that fight? And again, they didn't have to advertise a product. They just had to upload two videos going for each other. I don't know, it's just, maybe I'm being very cynical. You don't get it, honey, do you? You just don't get it. No, I get it. I just think I'm being very, I'm allowed to be a bit more cynical. Yeah, I agree. I'm cynical as fuck, but I think they're just a group of my fainers. A May Fainer describes someone who's very selfish. May Fain is the Irish word for myself. A May Fainer directly translates to a myselfer, aka selfish. Get it? I don't think any of them care about anybody's product or any of this. They literally just want to create clout. Clout being the operative word. Clout is what every social media influencer strives for in this community. The way I look at it is like the job market changes every generation. As Generation Y going into Gen Z, we have created the job of an influencer. What is the main goal of a job? To get money. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to be your friend. They're not trying to look out for you or look after you. They are getting money to pay their bills, to pay their mortgage, to go on nice holidays, to look after their family. That is their main goal. I think we need to keep that in the front of our heads when we watch these things. Absolutely correct. So I am going to talk about my why though uh, social media controversy. So this one is interesting because everybody remembers Fire Festival. Oh. The shit show that was Fire Festival. Now, this was a massive disaster, and I'll go through it quickly if, for those who don't know like what happened. But it's also been referenced as the most successful social media marketing campaign for a failed music festival. Oh, yeah, no, it is. Like, it took over the world. Like, if you haven't seen the documentaries on Netflix or Hulu, if you're in America, please do watch them. They are absolutely insane. Like, you just cannot believe this actually happened. So Fire Festival was um, originally planned as a stunt to promote a talent booking app orchestrated by tech entrepreneur Billy Farland and partner in crime Ja Rule. The pair promised a festival on a golden paradise adorned with opulent villas, gourmet food and chart leading music. However, the reality was far from it. So basically they were selling a music festival on an island somewhere like off the Bahamas that they had apparently rented and everybody went and they bought, you could buy like private villas and they paid so much money and they got there. People arrived to soaked and rotten tents, cheese and bread being served and no music to be heard with a lot of the artists dropping out last minute. But wasn't it like emergency shelters? Like yes. they were like emergency shelter tents that you would use during a hurricane. Yeah. And like people, that was their glamping. People were paying hundreds of thousands for this. Oh yeah. What I find really interesting when watching this documentary is they weren't advertising it to regular people. They were advertising it to influencers. They were advertising it in the sense of like, if you as an influencer come to our festival, we guarantee you will have hundreds of thousands of more followers. Influencing actually worked really, really well in a weird way. This is kind of not really a catastrophe for influencers because it begs the question, how could a festival that didn't exist sell out? It was because Fire Festival proved that with an obscene amount of money and some supermodel influencers, you can pretty much sell anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. So why did people trust these people so much? So basically they had influencers like Kendall Jenner, um, mm-hmm. like all of the cool Coachella gals, yeah. you know, that everybody will think, oh, these you know, cool young yeah. festival socialites are going all go. But it wasn't even the fact like, you know, these celebrities do go to festivals like Coachella. The whole idea of this one was that you're going to party with them. You're going to be alongside them. You're exactly. going to be in the same room as them. Yeah. Kendall Jenner was reported to have been paid a jaw-dropping $250,000 for one single Instagram post announcing the launch of the tickets with a discount code. To add more fuel to the fire... Intended. Models posted an ambiguous orange tile on their Instagram pages with hashtag Firefest to it stir excitement on social media. Everywhere. It was everywhere. everywhere. But shout out to my favourite person, the guy who was about to give <laughs> the locals blowjobs just to get the crates of water. Oh, what a gay icon. Like, do anything for your team. Take one from the team. That gives it a new meaning. He was about to take many for the team. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Fair. He, he wanted it. He yeah, was ready. You could tell. He was like, you know what? No, I'm not too mad at this. <laughs> Even if you haven't watched the uh, show, I'm sure you're all aware of like the memes of this like middle-aged, kind of hot. He's a bit of a daddy. He's kind of a daddy. Yeah. He was ready to suck peen to um, allow like water to be delivered to the island because these people hadn't planned anything. Just just watch. Just watch. The- yeah, just, it literally blows your mind. 
What I love it is it's influencers being influenced. If you come here, you'll get loads of extra followers. You will partner with other influencers. Yes. You will reach the new heights of yeah. being an influencer. And I saw that people were like, oh, I sold my house. I took out two credit cards. I did this yeah. and I did yeah. that. Put themselves into debt of a lifetime because they were so convinced in this three-day event they would make millions in the long run. Yes. It's terrifying, the power of marketing and influencers. It's insane, but you're right. They marketed influencers particularly because they wanted influencers to come with their cameras and to like vlog the whole thing and for this fire yeah. festival to be this huge success and it was an absolute shitstorm. But do you think as influencers, wouldn't they have some idea that they were being influenced? Yes, but it's a vicious circle. Is it? I mean, yeah. th like there's no such thing as bad press. Yeah. You know, and for them, it was like, I get to rub shoulders with the biggest influencers in, in the game. Why would I not go? Yeah. Well, this begs the question, you know what I mean? Influencers are getting influenced. The real question, guys, can we trust influencers? No. Bit of a gap. I was waiting for you to answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I suppose it's a cynical nature. I mean, at the end of the day, they're obviously not going to sell a product that's bad because that would affect their brand like if they're selling like you know some sort of thing for your hair to restore your hair obviously it's not going to cause your hair to fall out mm -hmm. so i don't think we can trust them in the sense of like the product's going to cause you harm or anything like that but do i think that they sell it in the sense of like you know it will change your life and you need this product really really badly do i think that's unhealthy do i think that's not a right thing to do, especially for young people. Yeah. I don't trust them in that sense. Yeah. I don't think they care about their young fans. Again, they care about the paycheck they're getting from advertising us. I think where the lines are blurred is that you can be a really good person who wants to spread a good message. That's, you're an influencer. When there's a monetary gain, it's very different. Yes. So it's not about the message that you're sending across anymore. It's about what you can get from these people buying the product. Mm. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think I agree with that stat that I said earlier. Like, I would gravitate more to one of those content creators as opposed to a celebrity who's pushing a product because I feel like they're more human in a way. They're more on my level. Does that yeah. make sense? Like that's the kind of vibe that, that I get from them. But you're right. You can't totally trust them. At the end of the day, it's their job. At the end of the day, they might just be taking a paycheck. They have no idea how this product actually works yeah. or is used. So, you know, it's one of those things where you have to be kind of aware. Yeah. Influencer is growing and growing as a market. Yeah. And the more people there are, influencers are the more influence have to be out there and do things yes. so you know they could be lying they could be saying oh this brand here said they'll work with me and all that kind of stuff they could be lying through the skin of their teeth absolutely but we don't know things like buying all these fake followers because obviously the more followers you have the more famous you are the more believed you'll be yeah like you know they're doing more and more desperate actions to stand out and we as the consumer have to be very aware of the people who are lying completely just yeah. for the sake of standing out absolutely exactly i don't know if you're fans of shane dawson but he's also a huge social media influencer but he kind of does like documentaries on youtube and stuff right it's a documentary on logan paul it was like inside the mind of logan paul no it's jake paul is it logan paul what is the two of them? i think it's jake they're brothers aren't they paul. yeah the younger one anyway it's actually jake paul i'm i'm not a gen z i have no fucking idea <laughs> um but basically i watched this documentary anyway and they're in this group or gang called team 10 and they all do these like extreme stunts on youtube and it kind of just outed them as all of these stunts are planned none of it is real it's basically like a tv show they're one-upping each other to get the best content as you said because the market is so saturated now and views are everything they get paid a lot of money they get paid adsense from youtube um one of them faked marriage to tana Monjo. i don't know if you've heard of tana Monjo. she's another youtuber she's completely yeah. faked a marriage for clout for follows for views that's it's terrifying. insane the, the world behind it is absolutely insane but like you said there do you think now that we as generation y or even you know some of our friends and generation z do you think we've had enough of ads do you think we're sick of all of this shameless ad plugging i am i think i've definitely just Sorry, ad plugging or influencers in general no ads the whole like, like influencers are fine there's always going to be content creators out there but do you think this oversaturation of the ads and the hashtag ad and sponsor posts Within is too much with the influencers what's almost the difference between an influencer and an ad I do know the difference but I think I'm a bit cynical in the sense that like some influencers I see they're almost just walking ads where yeah. every second post is an ad am I getting sick of the ads or am I getting sick of the influencers well in your case it seems like you don't have any influencer left it's just all ads like that's yeah insane. unfortunately yeah I need to start unfollowing people well because people have to now say when they're doing an ad I think we can kind of differentiate a little bit between the influencers the person and the ad themselves so that's like you said you're probably sick of ads now because all you see is ads yeah yeah I'm definitely sick of ads and particularly in the um, world of Irish influencers. Predominantly women. It's dominated by women and beauty bloggers and fashion bloggers and that sort of thing. And I think when they brought in, when the ASI brought in these standards where you have to hashtag ad, it brought their credibility down a bit because people were starting to realise, oh wow, 
everything that they plug is an ad that they paid for it. Like, what does this, this person stand for? Yeah. And what if it's a contradiction? There's a new beauty product out there for your skin and for your eye care and for your hair all the time. They can't all be fantastic. Have one that you actually like. And what is it that you like? Which is the post that you're being paid for and which is the post that you're really giving a good review for i'm kind of sick of the ads completely if i'm if i'm honest and i've un- completely unfollowed loads of Irish influencers because of that yeah i completely agree i think the ads are getting a bit over the top these days but i do have to put on that that ads we can't skip ads ads yeah. have been around forever yeah. and the thing with ads is they are smart ads will adapt yeah. do you know what i mean they Absolutely. get they get wise so for example you have remember that tv show mad men it was all about an advertising agency in america people would get into a room they would sit down they would look at this product and they would think of an ad campaign that would target you the person sitting at home and how they could get you to buy that product after a while everybody got tvs and everybody was aware of what they were doing we know you're advertising we know you want us to buy us this we're not going to do it they had to change it up they had mm-hmm. to find a way a new way to do it and it's gone through various various cycles and it's moved its way into this concept of influencers and the ads that they're putting out there but the thing is, we are getting wise to it now. I think yeah. we as a generation at this point are wise. Yeah. We've the whole controversy of you have to put ad and sponsored in now. You never used to have to do that because the consumer got wise to what they were doing. Mm. So the ads had to adapt. And now they're going to be looking for a new way to mm. kind of target people and to get them there. And I think it's TikTok. Oh, I have no idea what TikTok is. I'm sorry. I Obsessed. can't. But that's why I, that's why I think it is. Because I don't know what it is, but the kids <laughs> love it and it's wrong. Down with the kids. Well, as I mentioned before, I think personally, I see the new way of ads is, like you said before, it was hide the ad, don't make it obvious. You know, I'm just talking to you like we're friends. And now I, I think what I see the new way of ads is like, look, this is an ad. I'm not going to lie to you, mm. but you know me and I know you. Mm. Yes, I'm advertising to you, but I would not advertise this product unless I knew it worked. Mm. So while it's an ad, I'm advertising it for you. Mm. So even the way how influencers have advertised has gone from like this keep it very secretive and under the radar to so in your face and so obvious because they're going with it. Because they're going with it and they're doing it for you. But again, that's another manipulative way of doing it. Yeah. They are saying to you, I wouldn't do this unless I believed in it. So it's just, it's another, it's another trend that's come along and it's something I'm, again, I'm cynical to us. No, you're right. But I think we can't put all of the onus on the influencers. Like we have to be savvy at the same time. Like we have to have a head on our shoulders and be like, listen, we know that this is the world that they work in. Yeah. There's times where we're going to be influencers, but we also have to take everything with a pinch of salt. Yeah. And do our own research and look outside the social media influencer. I completely agree, but that's fine for us as Generation Y. But the main target audience they have is the Generation Z. Do you think that kids these days are very impressionable and that they know exactly what they're doing? Oh, yeah, of course they do. Of course, Like we said before, we're, we're, we're coming for them. But this is also their job. This is how they pay their bills. Like, this is how they look after their kids, go on holidays. I mean, they say it themselves, this is their career. Yeah. You know, we're disparaging their career here in front of them. There's plenty of people who are going to disparage all of our careers. Yeah. But that's the thing. I'm not necessarily disparaging the career of an influencer. Yeah, if that's your either. career, that's fine. Yeah. It's the concept of the advertising that merges in with it. And I think that's yeah. where we kind of find a little bit of difficulty differentiating between the person who is the influencer, which could be fine. They could be doing lovely things and the kind of evilness behind the ads. Because these ads, while the influencer, certain influencers could be doing like, you know, ads that are totally fine in our eyes, they're grand, but they could be doing it towards kids who especially nowadays, they have access to phones, they have access to the internet, way more than we did growing up, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They don't know, we grew up in this world, we understand it now, we're very wise to it, whereas kids these days see something online and they're like, gonna grab that, that's done, let's buy this, let's buy that, like, it's crazy. I agree, I don't disagree with the influencer as a concept, I think it works, and and actually, like we've all said before, we enjoy influencers, we've bought stuff from influencers, Mm. but it's the type of influencer that's just disingenuous, that's immoral, that's abusing the system, and selling to people that they know they shouldn't necessarily sell to or selling products that they don't believe in those people are wrong yeah exactly like people who sell those like like we said earlier those tummy teas and things like that there those are products that clearly don't work they're really bad for you in the first place but they're selling them and just because they put hashtag ad or hashtag sponsor post doesn't make the product good just because they're telling you by the way this is an ad doesn't make the product any better chloe kardashian sells those tummy tuck teas like every week and she is the the lovable Kardashian, you know, it's kind of like, oh no, she's like us. Yeah, okay, she's a Kardashian, but you know, she's like an everyday girl. You know, she loves her fans. And yet she goes off and sells these toxic things. Again, that's, she, honestly, she doesn't care about you. Yeah. But 
she wants she loves the money more yeah 100 percent. agreed that leads on to what i sort of mentioned earlier about my influence by the fitness bloggers and stuff women particularly are really influenced by these beauty bloggers and by by fitness bloggers fitness girls and pts on instagram and weight loss is always going to be something that every single woman is going to chase you yeah, can sell yeah. that no matter how you package it in a tummy tea or in a glue guide you're yeah. going to sell it so I've purchased two workout guides before and I'm not overweight. Like I work out as much as I can. I kind of be aware. You're at the gym constantly. Yeah. yeah. But these, the people that these guides are marketed at aren't, they, they usually take advantage of women who really want to lose weight or girls who don't feel confident and they'll blast the posts up there being like, get summer body ready and get you know, quick. Yeah, yeah. attractive headlines that are going to get you in. If I read six months to get that six pack yeah. one more time, oh my God. it's just like, oh. So all of these programs though are never six months, they're six weeks to 12 weeks max. Yeah. I've purchased both the programs and I can tell you there's no science behind it. They're not doing this from um, education or because they're the best PTs in the world. They give you these programs that are really intense. Mm. You have to do six of seven days exercise, almost all of them weight training, and this is aimed at beginners who probably don't have any experience with training who are going to injure themselves. They're right. You get the results in six weeks' time. You've dropped a stone. You've dropped two stone. But that's not sustainable. Exactly. You can't keep that off. Yeah. They're selling them a lie. And then that yeah. fucks with your head. It fucks your body image. These women who've lost weight who maybe, you know, summer's over. They're starting to eat again. They have a life. They can't go to the gym six times a week. They're looking at these influencers who are so skinny. They're like, why can't I be like them? Why don't I look like them? It's, it's a mad. toxic, toxic, toxic cycle. I can't talk about influencers without talking about the hottest Barry's Tea that has ever existed. Uh. Barry's Tea is an Irish company founded in Cork in the 1900s. Now there's great debate whether Barry's or Lion's Tea is the best tea in Ireland. But I have to say I am a Lion's gal myself. Uh. Bloggers unveiled. Oh yes. I've definitely heard those. I can't cope that you guys aren't aware of this. Like myself and Silent Partner followed nothing else when this was going on. Like, this is insane. So a lot of the um, Irish girls and our colleagues at home will know exactly what we're talking about mm. here. But basically it comes in the back of us starting to see through bloggers and influencers particularly those on instagram we didn't believe them anymore and the irish blogging industry and the influ- instagram influencer industry had a very sort of pristine polished facade to it every irish influencer was you know plugging the same brands they all had lived the perfect life their pictures looked amazing they were all mirrors like everything looked great irish charm is how yeah. i picture it and Irish women love to see that. They love to see the perfect polished product. Irish girls are glam girls. We love mm-hmm. our tan. We love our hair. We like getting our makeup done. Like we invest. Or I think we're one of the biggest consumers of beauty products. Beauty? <laughs> of beauty <laughs> oh products. In, of beauty products in the world. So it's interesting that this, it really works. If you're an Irish influencer and you do well, you're going to do well. We kind of wanted to crack the glass in this very polished facade per se. And up popped this Instagram account. And the first Instagram account was called Bullshit Caller Hour. Firstly, unbelievable fucking name. <laughs> and it was showing before and after photos of airbrush photos that Irish <sighs> bloggers had. Now, it's very simple, right? Sometimes I'm not okay with people out and influencers for certain things because we all put a filter on. Yeah, but this filter. airbrushing was extreme. There was one blogger in particular, I'm not going to name names, but she was notorious for it. She was telling everybody she was on a fitness journey and she was going to do a fitness competition. And it was all lies. And she was airbrushing all of her photos. Oh my god. She looked nothing like she did in real life. You not go to the shops, so you don't head down to pennies for a few bits like. Do you not have friends and family that see the pictures then see her and say, ah, love. Yeah, what? So this account got massive social media following, so much so that this girl had to give it up. She's like, I can't manage this anymore. I'm not being held responsible. This is a, I create a monster. It's bigger than me. She went off the face of the earth. We were like, we are thirsty. Where's the tea? A second page popped up and this one was called Bloggers Unveiled. Now this bitch is the gossip girl of the Irish influencer. I remember you and Silent Partner telling me about all this and I genuinely was in disbelief that, like, oh my God. So Bloggers Unveiled got deep. Loads of people were writing to her, sending them their stories. Oh, I know this girl. I know she did this, that and the other. Oh, they were clamouring for it. However, there's a dark side to the end of the story which I won't get into. Do your research and look into it because this person was exposed in the end and she was done for lots of bullying and trolling of influencers and it wasn't great. But she did do some good initially. She exposed one influencer in particular who was apparently the creative director of her own uh, eyewear company and was selling these sunglasses saying that she was um, involved in the design process and like they were handmade and this and the other and it turns out she was buying them on AliExpress for £2 and, and marking them up <gasps> at like 200% 
lying to everybody oh my god see that's the thing that's what I'm talking about ads like you know evolving like back in the day you could get away with that but we as the consumer got wise Mm -hmm. and we were like nah 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 there's something not right here yeah this is where it's even more immoral though because brands or whatever they've they've been in this fears if you're an influencer you're going on your feed to fear fans to people you love and lying to them lying outright like how do you sleep at night you know influencers always do competitions I've teamed up with X, Y, and Z. In this case, it was a jewellery store to give away a diamond ring. And she was giving it all to like her cousins and her aunties and her friends. And like, it was never a real competition. There was no such thing. Blew the lid off Irish influencers. She was amazing. I'm I'm like, bring back Bloggers Unveiled, to be telling you. (laughs) So good. If you guys know about Bloggers Unveiled, please do get in touch. Honestly, also just for everybody out there who's interested just scour like boards.ie for the tea like it's unbelievable boards.ie <laughs> so do you know like back in the day like you see two, only two companies make the pre-paper pre's refer to a set of exams you sat before your junior cert or your leaving cert your A-levels and GCSEs pre-exams if you will now I never heard of this we used to call them mock exams I guess it's just a country thing the junior cert the leaving cert oh yes so you used to go on boards.ie and people were like oh we did this one and they give you all the questions yeah. and then the person's like well we did this one and we got this and you used to go on and check I used to get like class results amazing oh amazing I wasn't aware until after the fact oh so, yeah. but I still got good results fuck you guys well guys I think that wraps up another episode that one got really deep real quick so guys just a bit of admin before we finish up we did mention that we wanted to at the mic name this week we've decided to extend it another week just to give you guys a chance to get some better fucking names <laughs> but also this weekend keep an eye on the instagram we will be doing a poll definitely this time we promise uh so be looking out for that also so as Connor mentioned earlier in the pod though we um are going to end not necessarily end the year we've got a couple more episodes but we couldn't end 2019 without getting our first guest on the pod yay so next week is going to be a very special episode our first guest shall we reveal who it is I think we should give a hint. Maybe not reveal, but let's give the topic and say who they're kind of related to. I don't to. know whether we should do the topic. I, how do no, we do let's, this? Let's give people a little bit of a hint about what next week's topic is. Next week, we're going to be doing a part one. Yes. To a part two that will be coming in the new year. Mm-hmm. This part one is going to be kind of an interview with this person and another member of the podcast. Ooh, I like that. Yes. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very juicy. Let's put it that way. This is, for now, we've been talking about topics that are relevant to Generation Y. If you want to get know more about us and Generation Y, this is the one. Okay, guys, I can't hold it. It's the JSA. It's the Jason! <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? I cry. I wish. I honestly, cry. I wish. Yeah, so please tune in next week. I'm very excited about this one. This person's very, very, very nervous. Really? Yeah. You should be. We're a Waiting. top class podcast. We are a very top class podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's kind of it. We'll leave it there, guys. Thank you very much for listening. If you are interested in following us on the social medias, you can follow us at generation underscore why though on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to go onto the website that has all the influencers, basically our mams, and you can follow us on <laughs> Facebook at Generation Y though. So good. And if you do be sending us an email, please do at genwhythough at gmail.com. Also, that's the perfect email address if you have any hot tea on any other podcast that you want us to spill. Oh my god, oh my god. yes, we can do a podcast unveiled. Ah! That's how we're gonna finish this episode, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. I love you all. Bye. Bye.